the idea now is to give an introduction to the books of the prophets. And, um, as with everything in the Bible, I thought the best way to do that would be to see what the Bible says about itself. And um, it might seem strange in talking about the Old Testament prophets, but I'm going to go to the New Testament and see what the New Testament tells us about the Old Testament prophets. And then from there we can kind of develop some principles or recognise some principles that are shown to us in Scripture. So the first thing to look at is in Matthew. And I'll only um, sort of pick one or two points from, um, for, or one or two references for each point. We'll start in Matthew chapter 1 and verses 22 and 23. It says, Now all this came to pass that that might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and they shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. So the first thing the prophets did was they predicted details concerning the first coming of Christ. We can see that also in Matthew chapter 2 where even the, um, even the enemies of the Lord were able to show that he would be born in Bethlehem based on what was prophesied by the prophet Micah. Um, then chapter 2 verse 17 next thing that comes out it says then was fulfilled that which was spoken through Jeremiah's prophet so the next thing is that often in the New Testament the prophets are actually named and I won't read them all but um, Isaiah is named Jeremiah is named here Jonah is named you can probably think where these references are Daniel is named, Zechariah is named, as the last one who was put to death, and Joel is named by Peter when he preaches. Joel's famous. Joel is named by Peter the first time he preached on the day of Pentecost. There are others who are called prophets who are not amongst the list of those who wrote books of the prophets. So, for example, Moses is called a prophet. Asaph, the psalmist, is called a prophet. David is called a prophet. Enoch is called a prophet. All in the New Testament. I'll read, read one of those in a moment. So, next thing about prophets, chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. Most of these are in Matthew. 5 verse 12. Is rejoice and exult, for your reward is great in the heavens. For thus have they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Many of the prophets were persecuted, and some of them were even put to death. And amongst those put to death includes Zechariah, the second last prophet in the Old Testament. We can read about him in Matthew 23. Says in verse 
probably start at verse 34. Um, Therefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and will persecute from city to city, so that all the righteous blood shed upon the earth should come upon you, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Barakias, whom he slew between the temple and the altar. And that's a me reading that is a really sad one because um, if you've ever read the prophecy of Zechariah you know what his job was his job was to encourage the people to rebuild the temple they rebuilt the temple and then between that temple and the altar they killed him really sad I've I've got off track there but um, so um, we look at Matthew 13 the one that tells us about a prophet who isn't called a prophet in the Old Testament. That's in 13 verse 35. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. So that that should be fulfilled, which was spoken through the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things hidden from the world's foundation. Those words are quoted from Psalm 78. That psalm was written by Asaph. The Lord Jesus calls that the work of a prophet. So we, we can see that the psalms are also prophecy. And this psalmist Asaph is a prophet. Next reference in Acts chapter 3. And it says, concerning Jesus Christ, whom heaven indeed must receive till the times of the restoring of all things, of which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since time began. So the prophets speak about the first coming of Christ, they speak about the time of the restoring of all things, the millennium, and we'll see what else they speak about in a moment. Same chapter, Acts chapter 3, verse 24. It says, And indeed all the prophets from Samuel and those in succession after him, as many as have spoken, have announced also these days. Samuel is called here a prophet. And he's called a prophet in a context where it's said he begins a succession of prophets. He commences a sequence of prophets. And that shows to us when we think about the, the life and the circumstances and the background of Samuel, that the time at which God introduces the message of the prophet is a time of failure, a time of departure, a time of breakdown, a time of ruin, and he sends the prophets in order to call people back from their ruin. And often their message says something like this, return. We read that recently in Malachi. Chapter 7. That's chapter 7. This is the reference to Moses. 
This is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel, Prophet shall God raise up to you out of your brethren like me. Him shall you hear. The prophet who is like Moses is the Lord Jesus. It's a wonderful challenge to try and make a list of all the points of similarity between Moses and the Lord Jesus. In one book I've got at home lists something like 60 points of similarity between Moses and the Lord Jesus. Maybe some of them are a bit stretched, but um, no, it, it's certainly the case that there are many features of similarity. Same chapter, verse 42. But God turned and delivered them up to serve the host of heaven. As it is written in the book of the prophets, have you offered me victims and sacrifices forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? Yea, he took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, the forms which he made to do homage to them, and I will transport you to Babylon. That quotation comes from the book of Amos. And Stephen here, who's preaching, he puts the writings of Amos into a grouping that he calls the Book of the Prophets. It's probably a politer way, a more polite way of talking about what we call the Minor Prophets. Stephen called it the Book of the Prophets. So those those twelve um, most shorter prophetic messages were called by Stephen the Book of the Prophets. I've read somewhere that um, they were actually counted as, as one single book in the, in the Hebrew Scriptures. Whether that is true or was always true or always will be true, I don't know, but it's one suggestion we've seen. Now we're going to go to First Peter. Chapter 1. Concerning which salvation prophets who have prophesied of the grace towards you sought out and searched out. They were men who knew that it was a privilege to prophesy. And so they sought out, they looked for that opportunity to do the job that was given to them to prophesy. But then the next thing it says, they searched out. They looked for an opportunity to prophesy, but when they had prophesied, they didn't necessarily understand what they had said or written. And so they searched out their own prophecies to try and understand them. They were men who wrote things not because they understood before they wrote, but they had to try and understand after they had written or after they had spoken. That's very different to, to prophesying in the New Testament or to the way the New Testament was inspired. Where the New Testament is, um, we, we know, therefore we speak. Same chapter, verse 11. It says, Searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ which was in them pointed out. They didn't know when the things that they had prophesied were going to come to pass. And so one of the things they were searching is, is when that would take place. The other thing that comes out there is that 
the words that they were given were given by the Spirit of Christ. I would take that to mean the Holy Spirit working in a manner such that the thoughts and the feelings of Christ are expressed by the prophet. For example, when you read the prophet David in Psalm 22, the things that he wrote, that's not, that's not David writing. That's the Spirit of Christ writing. That's the Holy Spirit putting into David's mouth and into David's pen the thoughts and the feelings of Christ. And then perhaps the, the greatest thing of all, as verse 11 continues, testifying before of the sufferings which belonged to Christ and the glories after these. So we can add a few points here. There's a kind of little chart thing on the wall here. Birth, sufferings, glory of Christ. The restoration of all things, these are points that we've already seen so far. Let's keep going in 1 Peter 1, and it goes on in verse 12 to say, To whom it was revealed that not to themselves, but to you they minister those things, which have now been announced to you by those who have declared to you the glad tidings. One thing that they came to realise was that the fulfilment of all of these prophecies would not happen in their own day. And so that was revealed to them. Next point is in 2 Peter, also chapter 1, verse 20, verse 20 says, Knowing this first, it's the first thing we have to know. It's come a long way through the sequence of things in the list, but it's the first thing we have to know. That no, that the scope of no prophecy of Scripture is had from its own particular interpretation. That means you cannot take one verse from Isaiah in order to try and understand what Isaiah is talking about. You have to take all of the message of all of the prophets and put them all together because it's one package. It's one complete package. And you cannot understand prophecy already, any scripture, by just picking little bits out here and there. You know, people who do that pick something out of Isaiah that says, Ye are my witnesses, says Jehovah. And they say, Oh, well, let's go door knocking and tell people they have to be part of 144,000 or something. We have to see the verse in its chapter and the chapter in its book and the book in its context and the whole message of that prophet in connection with all the other prophets and the whole scope of it together with what we're looking at. One, one negative, negative point we read in Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, verse 5, says, which in other generations has not been made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets, that's New Testament prophets. This is Paul writing about the assembly. 
reference for something that is not included in the message of the Old Testament prophets is anything about the truth of Jesus. The very last point I come to is in the book of Revelation, chapter 19. Just a little expression at the end of verse 10. It says, For the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So no matter, no matter what you read in the Old Testament prophets, whether it's talking about judgments or whether it's talking about some king here or some nation there, the spirit of it, it is the inner meaning of all the prophecy is to talk about Jesus. That's the main thing. So, some sort of points that we can derive from all that. First, is that Christ is the main theme of the whole of the prophetic books. Second, is it deals, the message of prophecy, it deals with the earth and with God's government over this earth. But I'll give you a verse for that. It deals with earth. Jeremiah 22, verse 29. I won't read it, but it starts off with these words. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Hear the word of Jehovah. The prophetic word relates to the earth. Nothing to do with heaven. It focuses on Israel. It's the centre of God's government. And also the, the nations surrounding Israel. The verse for that, a man we've heard of before, Amos, Amos chapter 3, first couple of verses, says some, hear this word that Jehovah has spoken against you, children of Israel, against the whole family that I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, you only have I known of all the families of the earth, therefore I will visit upon you all your Israel is the inner circle of God's dealings in prophecy. The Messiah predicted coming Lord Jesus is connected with Israel as that inner circle. And that's part of the reason why Israel is so important in prophecy. It, it always contains moral instructions because the job of the prophet was to call the people back to God's original standard. One way that they used to call people back is by painting a picture of the beautiful things that will happen in the future. Another way they used to call people back is by painting a picture of the terrible judgments that are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Also in order to call people back again. It talks very much about God's promises and God's covenants new covenant and again reminds us that prophetic message never talks about being assembly remember Paul says in Ephesians 2 you were strangers from the promises and from the covenants that you have now brought near and those, those things about the assembly were not revealed in the Old Testament you read that pretty clearly in Ephesians last point I'll finish off there is that the Old Testament prophets are generally divided into two main parts. This is a big key for understanding their message. One part is when Israel is recognized by God as his people. That was in the past, 
will be in the future. Other part of the prophetic message is when Israel is not recognised as God's people. And, um, the message came from the prophet Hosea. You are not my people. And all through the time between when they were exiled, all the way through up to here, Israel is not God's people. We're not my people. But um, they were God's people before that. And there was a particular enemy against them when they were God's people. That particular enemy was the Assyrian, or king of the north. The same enemy spoken about when they are God's people in the future. When they're not God's people, the ones who are in opposition to them, during a period called the times of the Gentiles, are not the Assyrian, but Babylon and the Medes and the Persians and the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire. And that continues from kind of um, here, from there, all the way up to when the a sort of period of transition will occur called the Great Tribulation. And both of those sets of enemies kind of converge. When the, the Western nations, the successor of the Babylonian Empire and the Roman Empire, and when the King of the North, probably the Islamic nations, um, are all kind of sandwiching this little nation of Israel into a, a, a tight spot. Anyway, I believe it there. Um, so, a whole bunch of principles from the New Testament to describe the Old Testament prophets and a few key pointers along the way for the renewal.